Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Great to have you with us. Welcome to those online connecting with us from wherever you are. Great to have you listening to the word today. You good? You cold? It should be. It's freezing out there. Us Queenslanders. Annie sends a love. She's been preaching at a conference all weekend up in, uh, up in Brisbane. And uh, yes, I know what you're thinking. Um, she made me meals before she left. So don't, don't anybody worry about that. Um, I'm okay. All right, I'm okay. Uh, on my own. For a day and a half or two. Maximum, but uh, she sends a love, and um, yeah, man, I tell you, uh, who was here last Sunday night? Uh, can I see a show of hands last Sunday night? Good, a few of you, yeah. Listen, hey, did you get a park this morning? Yes. Our car park has been full, we've had people drive in and drive out because they couldn't get a park. And so, what we decided last week, the team came up with the plan that all of our you know, people on roster, whatever, today would park down the road and free up all the car parks up here. So just because you see a street full of cars doesn't mean it's all full. We've got car park people there. They'll usher you right up the top and um, you'll get a good park. Is that good? It's a great problem to have, isn't it? Running out of car parks. Great problem to have. And so we're addressing it and, uh, yeah, you just keep coming. That's cool. Um, this is our year to grow. Amen? That's the word of the Lord on us at the beginning of this year, to grow as individuals and collectively as a church. It's been very exciting, you know, to see so many lives being changed and transformed and people catching a hold of the revelation of what the gospel is and what the gospel can do in their life. And, you know, it's just a wonder for, it's for a pastor to see people just go, Wow. You know, this is amazing. And um, we've seen a lot of that. God is doing uh, so much. And I just want to thank all our teams. You know, all our teams, week in and week out, those that serve, you know, in every area, platform and the front door and the car park. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Amen. Because honestly, we, we couldn't do it without them. There's, there's no two ways about it. Oh, and the SCON team. Who likes the scone team? Yeah, give them, give them a round of praise. <laughs> uh, I had an interesting thought after last Sunday night's message, and we're talking about the God process. Last Sunday night, the God process, and and when we say yes to the journey, you know, God has a process that He takes all of us through. Every one of us. Why? Because he wants us to be victorious. If we stick to the process, we end up winning. We end up being victorious at whatever God needs. And the Apostle Paul makes it very clear the goal of the church. You know, why do we do church? Why do we have church? Ephesians 4, 11, 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service 
so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Don't you like that? And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I think, you know, I've done a lot of reflection over the last years, you know, since the, the pandemic and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. And um, we came to a point we realised, you know what, we weren't as strong as we thought we were. As a church, as a body, as a church at large. You know, we know after the pandemic, most churches I know, and I've, a lot of my friends in America and so forth, their churches dropped 40%. 40% after the pandemic, whether that's fear or whether that's, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't understand why um, people stopped, but it did reveal, it revealed a, a consumer Christianity that proved to be superficial. And that just grieves my heart as a pastor um, that just grieves my heart. And it's why it's so important that this year we really purpose to grow. Purpose to grow beyond where we are. Doesn't matter what point we're at, what level of maturity we're at, whatever. Our goal is to grow beyond that this year. And we want to position you and structure for, for success um, so you'll grow in faith like never before. Which brings me back to last Sunday night, I spoke out of Ezekiel 47. Out of verse 13, and it says, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These are the boundaries of the land that you will divide among the 12 tribes of Israel as their inheritance, with two portions for Joseph. See, they were given a brand new start. They were a people in exile scattered all over the planet, the known planet at that time, which was pretty small, but they were scattered all over in exile and God brought them all back. He brought them all back. He said, no, we're going to rebuild. We're going to start again. We're going to get the temple in place. We're going to start. we we'll rebuild the temple. We'll set that up. And then after that, it came to this point where they you know, they began to set the boundaries that every tribe was given land. They were given a portion and it was their responsibility to build for the generations. They were brought back. They were, they were back as a people. They were one. And they were given the opportunity to build for the generations. And it's the same for us. I mean, right across this room, you would look and see many that have come from all different walks of life all different situations and circumstances and given salvation through Jesus Christ, a gift, a gift, given salvation through Jesus Christ and now it's our responsibility to put the boundaries in place so that we can build for the generations. Is that good? That's where we're at right now. That's where we are as a church. And um, so I had it on my heart all week. I couldn't shake it. I tried to because I don't like doing it. But I just got to do what I know to do. And um, I thought we would share our story, Annie and I. 
um, a little bit from day one of, um, because I've had people ask me over, you know, when you get to this age, um, people ask, how did you, how did you last? Like, how did, how did you do the journey and still be standing? You know, and it's a, it's a valid question to ask. And so that has always been on my heart. I mean, we've walked with the Lord now for 43 years and, and sadly, we've seen, seen them come and go. We've seen people last and people not last over that time. And so I want to share just the boundaries that Annie and I put in place and hope that this will help some of you, you know, in your journey. And um, This isn't law. This isn't legislation. It's just what Annie and I did that would help us have conviction. Because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Amen. If you don't have your, oh man, particularly in this hour, in this hour, in this generation, if, if you don't have a conviction about what you believe and stand for that conviction, you'll get swept up. You'll get swept up in this world's ideology. And it's antichrist. There's no two ways about it. And if you don't know, then, you know, you can fall for that. And I... I want you to set your boundaries in place, your absolutes, your convictions as a believer in Jesus Christ. So as I said, no way, this is law. This is just what Annie and I did, and I hope you can learn from that. The first thing that we did was that we, we made a, a conviction that Sunday is church. Sunday was church for us. We came from non-church backgrounds. You know, we came from dysfunctional backgrounds. We came from, you know, messed up stuff. And we found Jesus, or he found us. And we said yes to that journey. And then from that day, we said, no, we're in 100%. That's it. Sunday's church for us. Sunday's church. That was our conviction. And now we didn't even have a great understanding, but, but that seemed like it needed to be in place. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another along towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. I mean, for Annie and I, from day one, that... This was our, our first absolute, our first boundary, Sunday's church. People would invite us over, say, hey, come for a barbecue. You're going to come over for, for lunch? Yeah, I'll see you Saturday. Because Sunday's church. Sunday's church for us. And we loved it. It wasn't like oh, some religious, you know, or ritual we had to go. No, we loved it. Loved coming into the house of God. Love coming in. We, we would come um, on a Sunday in the morning, um, coming into the atmosphere and the presence of God. And, you know, Sunday night was the saddest part of the week because driving home from church, we had to wait a whole week till we got back to church again. We'd look at each other in the car and go, yeah, I know, whole week. Loved it. Loved it. We were born again. We were born, we were not the people we were before. God had done something amazing and wonderful in our life, and we loved His presence and we loved the atmosphere. Couldn't wait another week. And we did it as a family. 
You know, we had three kids and, uh, you know, they would, <laughs> they would come to church with us and we would get to church like all young families and, um, you know, uh, love church and then drive home and stop off and get the loaf of bread and some hot chips, a bit of tomato sauce, right? Because, you know, Annie had the barbecue sauce, that's for girls, but... but <laughs> The tomato sauce, you know, on the chip booty. Who's had a chip booty, the hot chip sandwich? Oh, come on. They were wonderful. And then the best part of the day, well, not the best part, but close. The kids would have an afternoon sleep. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> and they hated it. They hated it. And, uh, <laughs> and so as a, as a family, we would sleep. Uh, in the afternoon, and then straight back to church again. Church was 6 o'clock. Then we drove from Capella Bar to Salisbury to go to church. 40-minute drive there, 40-minute drive back, didn't matter. Every day. We did that for 13 years. Why? Because Sunday was church. We loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Never did us any harm, I can tell you. We served every Sunday. We served there every Sunday. The, the, the first, you know, when I was just born again and I came into this church life, after a few months they threw me into Sunday school on crowd control. <laughs> I was a crowd control on, on Sunday school. And the cruel thing was I learned more than the kids, <laughs> right, because they, they were probably Christian kids. I was. I'd just come into this stuff. I'm like, Noah, yeah? Noah, Wow. You know, I was more excited than the kids about it. It was just amazing. And then I graduated. I graduated to car park. <laughs> graduated to car park. And then after, you know, a couple of years of apprenticeship on the car park, I was on the front door. <laughs> well, behind the door, you know. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. I remember the day. I remember the day they asked me to to hand out communion. And I honestly, I've got to tell you, I felt so unworthy. Because back in those days, they'd have the table at the front and the, who remembers this? You know, the cloth over the table and the deacons would come down the aisle and they'd come around to be an unfolding, unveiling ceremony of the communion cups, you know, and people would, they would take them out and hand them out. We would, we would hand them out, you know, down the rows. Oh, I'm just not worthy to do that. Not worthy to do that. Just wonderful. Loved it. Loved his house. Loved his people. I don't think people knew Anne and I were married because I was always serving. Whether I was on roster or not, didn't matter. I was always up the back. If there was a mum that come in, struggled with, with bubs and a pram and all that, I was there to help. And I loved it. Sunday was church, it's our house. I served in every department of the church except the youth and the women. Well, they wouldn't let me in, the women, but I loved it. But also, the good news was it was an anchor. You know, in the, in, in the earlier days, more than these days, but Every week wasn't a great week. You know, life happened. M money pressures. 
you know, trying to tame a powerful wife. It's hard work. And not every week was a great week, but you know, we'd come to church anyway. Why? Because we'd set boundaries. That was an absolute in our life. Did we want to be there? No. But we came. And you know what? Every time, every time without fail, left that place with hope. Left that place with hope. Came in just with full of the world. Went out with the Spirit of God. I loved it. It was an anchor. Kept us strong. The second one, and again, you've got to know that these are what Anne and I put in place. But from day one, we brought the tithe. From day one, we brought his tithe into the storehouse. Soon as we were born again. As soon as we were born, they put us in this new Christians class. And I thought it was a pretty cool thing because it was 12 weeks, right? 12 weeks and you got on at any week and you got off at the, after you did the 12, right? And they're on water baptism, they're on baptism in the Holy Spirit. They're on, you know, all different aspects of the Bible, tithing and, and uh, you know, healing and, and these 12 weeks. And it was good because after 12 weeks, you actually got to meet people and connect with people and, you know, you've, you've been coming for 12 weeks. Like, you know, you, it's not so scary anymore and it's not so weird actually got to understand what it was about, and, and, um, and it was cool. But in one of those, they taught us about tithing. Out of Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And listen to this. It says, Test me in this. The only place you find God says, You test me. You test me if I won't do this says the Lord Almighty, to see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That sounded pretty good to me. That sounded pretty good to me. And I remember sitting in that class and I'm thinking, you only want 10%? You only want 10%? That was like, see, the life I came from, 50% of my wage went to drinking, smoking, gambling before I'd even got to the pantry. Right, I was, I was, I was done 50%. And, and God comes into my life and he delivered me in three days of alcohol. I was an alcoholic at 25. I'd grown up in a family of alcoholics. That was all I knew. I loved it. I didn't hate it. I loved it. Three days, God delivered me. When I said that prayer, three days he delivered me from alcohol. No DTs, no withdrawal symptoms, nothing. And, I'm, and that was the thing. No, wait a minute, this God stuff's real. This God stuff's real. No one could stop me drinking, not even my wife. I loved it. Delivered me in three days. A week later, I got nicotine poisoning. Haven't had a cigarette since. Nicotine poisoning. Now, I don't know whether God, you know, gave me nicotine poisoning or not. I don't know the theology on that. But when I see the price of cigarettes today, I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
Those things get a hold of your life. And here I was, I was 40% in front. I was 40% in front, folks. They only wanted 10. I was 40% in front without a hangover. (laughs) This was good news. I don't know where you come from, but for me it was good news. I said, you only want 10, you got it. Happy to give it. But it set in motion the faithfulness of God upon our lives. God is faithful. I have proved it over and over again. And please, can I preface this by saying that I'm not boasting today. As Paul said, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. I'm boasting in the Lord today. You know, I was just a brand new. We got saved in 1980. 1981, we, we sold everything. Sold our house, sold everything, moved to Western Australia. And before I left, I built a patio for a bloke um, on the side of his house. Uh, probably totally illegal, but um, <laughs> I built it anyway. And, and, he, and he gave me $80, you know, which back then was... Well, it was a bit light on, but it was reasonable, all right? And I said, you know what? I'm going to give that to God. This isn't my time. This is going to be an offering. We're going to Western Australia. We're, we're, we're driving, we're driving 5,000 k's in a Datsun 120Y. I need his blessing. I need his blessing. So I gave that $80 into the Lord. The day before we left, I arrived in Western Australia. I landed a job in Geraldton on $800 a week. $800 a week, I thought, that's not a coincidence. When the average wage back then was $230, I'm on 800 a week. Houses were $48,000, brand new homes, $48,000. And I'm on 800 a week. And I'm not a smart man, but I'm thinking, this is my chance. I can do so. I can build it. I can do something. The money I'm on, you know, I can... Owned my first home in, you know, a few years and, and you know, I had all these dreams, all these aspirations. God had blessed us. And then one day when I came back to Queensland, to, to, we'd sold the house and moved totally over to Anne was back in her state. She's a West Aussie girl and she's back in her state with a family and everything. And God speaks to me and he says, I want you to go to Bible college. I heard an audible voice, only time I've ever heard it in my whole life. I'm a brand new Christian. I'm like, I am like beside myself. And so the courageous man I am, I said, God, if this is you, you better tell Anne, because I'm not telling her. <laughs> I'm not telling her. She's just back in the state with her family, with her, her home, and, and we're going to rip up and come back to Queensland to go to Bible. I'm not telling her. So I get to the airport, flew back into Perth, and, and um, she meets me at the, the car park. And I said, listen, I think I've got something to tell you. She said, we're going back to Bible college, aren't we? I said, how did you know? How did you know? She said, God told me. I was at the sink this morning, and I was doing the dishes, and God spoke to me and said, pack up everything, go back to Queensland to Bible college. I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I know God's real, folks. I know God's real. True story. We came back, did our whole Bible college by faith. By faith. 
We'd come home, there'd be, there'd be groceries at the front door. We don't know how they got there. There'd be money tucked in the screen door. We don't know how they got there. We paid. I got every bit of casual work I could get. I, 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 you know, I, I just, we, full-time Bible college, and we had no money. And yet we paid every bill. We paid rent. Nothing was missing. Nothing. We came out of Bible college absolutely broke. No house, nothing. And people said to us, you know, you fool. Look what's happened. Look what you've got nothing there. You've got nothing to show for it. We didn't care because it was the word of the Lord. And he is faithful. He is faithful. You know, within a couple of years, we got a house with Westpac finance without even a deposit. Unheard of. God worked a miracle. It was unheard of. I can tell you story after story after story. God is faithful. And um, as I said before, Paul says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Honestly, hundreds of stories, hundreds of stories. And it hasn't stopped. And the third thing, the third thing that we put in place was a mission focus. It was an absolute for us. We didn't know anything. Right? We came in to this Christianity. We, 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 we came into this and it was like, this is amazing. This is wonderful. We're, our lives changed so much for the better. So much for the better. And we wanted it for everybody. We wanted it for everyone. This was like too good. You know when there's a sale on, ladies? You know when there's a sale on at Monday? And you just want to tell all, all your girlfriends, don't you? Like, you know, Katie's has got a sale. Eh? <laughs> and, you know, you spread the word. You know, we'd found a new life. And we wanted it for everybody. But if you don't have a mission focus with your Christianity, your Christianity will die. Yeah. I promise. Your longevity will cease in God. And I know personally, you know, what God has done in my life, I know I'm just so thankful. And it's a consistent reminder to me when I see a life that has been broken, a life that has come to God and they've, their lives have been transformed and I watch them, I watch them grow and I watch their lives change, watch their marriage get better, I watch, you know, just the, their, their eyes change. And it reminds me of, you know what, you did that for me. Takes my eyes off myself. Takes my eyes off myself and uh, I get to focus on what's important to the heart of God. What's important to the heart of God, broken humanity. Jesus said in Luke, I want you to listen to this please. Luke 4, 18, 19, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he, uh, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And it is good news. It is good news. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, but you're a pastor. 
you know, maybe that's just a call on your life. Maybe God has just called, called you to do that. Well, can I tell you a little bit of my story? I first went to India in 1985. And um, broken humanity got into my heart. I went to the Solomon Islands for three years preaching and, and planting churches. We planted 15 churches in three years in the Solomon Islands, 1991, 92. I've been to Fiji eight times planting churches up until 95. I mean, Highway's first church plant was in a, a, a village in, in Fiji called Nakaloa, which was just out of Lombasa. I never started pastoring until 95. All those years before, were, I was just a businessman. I, was just, I just ran my own business. I, I used it as a vehicle to transform lives. My family were blessed with the business, absolutely. I put my kids through private school. You know, I, I, I was able to do all those things that business people can do, but, but there was always that measure that was about the gospel. I was doing it for Jesus because it's not about me. It's so powerful, folks. We planted this church. We never took a wage for six years. <laughs> we never had anyone. We only started with 11 people. I just ran my business and did whatever it took to get the gospel out there. And, and that's... It's not anything special. It's, it's Christian. It's being a Christian. I want you to set some boundaries in your life today. Boundaries that are going to, going to hold you firm. Boundaries are going to be... Don't have to be these boundaries, please. This is just Anne and I's story. They don't have to be, but, but set something in place. Set some boundaries for your marriage. Absolutes. An agreement. Sit down, write them out, sign it at the bottom, get a stamp, take it to a JP. I don't know, make it a legal document, something that you put your word on that you don't go back on. You know one thing I've done for my marriage? My kids would know this, my staff would know this. I'm never alone with a woman other than my wife and my, my girls. You won't catch me alone in a coffee shop with a woman who's not my wife. Won't happen. You'll never see me. I won't pick up a woman if she's hitchhiking. Won't happen. And I've had people say to me, oh, you're pastor, you're paranoid. You bet. You bet I'm paranoid. Read the news. Amen read the news, world leaders are not standing today because of that one simple absolute that I've put in my life. Plus when you've got a face like this, you're not really, they're not lining up, you know what I'm saying? Put some absolutes in place. 
please go home and think about this. Don't just let this be another sermon. Husband and wife sit down and say, okay, what do we value? What do we value? What's our conviction? What are we going to stand for as a family? Amen? I tell you, you'll last. You will last. And that's the best gift I could give you today. Yeah, there'll be some scars. You better believe it, because that's life. But you'll still be standing. If you put His absolutes in place in your life and grow. Come on, let's grow as a people. My focus was was a lot in mission overseas and stuff, but it doesn't have to be that. You know, we can be serving in the house, serving in God's house, serving people. You know, it can be helping that neighbour. It can be a meal to people down the street that you know they're doing it tough. You can get on board with Joey. What Joey's doing in that reach local with all the government agencies, with the kids that are brought out of domestic violence. Man, that's, that sadly is growing, folks. It's growing because the world doesn't have the answer. You do. You can get, please, it can't be about you. It's got to be bigger than you. Amen? You've been given this gift of salvation. Now it's your responsibility to build on that, to build for your generations and your world around you. There's no question about that. I mean, most of the people in this room, I'm sure, would have, would have accepted that gift of salvation. If, you know, you're, you're sitting here today and, and you're saying, yes, you're nodding to a lot of what I'm saying because you get it. But see, when I first came into the kingdom of God, I, I was like a, a deer in the headlights. I was dazzled by this stuff because I'd never seen it. And you won't get it until you say yes to Jesus. You won't understand what eternity really is all about until you say yes, until you invite him in and say, okay. You know, you know my prayer was almost mocking. I said to God on, 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 the, on the lounge floor at 28 Sallow Street, Alexandra Hills, one Saturday morning, I sat down and I said, God, if you're real, you show me. And I'm in 100%. I don't know why I said that. I'd never prayed before. But they were the words that come out of my mouth. If you're real, you show me. And I'm I didn't think anything would happen. I didn't think anything would happen. This guy was witnessing to me. I was telling him, shut up. I don't want to hear about Jesus. So I thought, if I say the prayer, I can tell him, mate, I said the prayer didn't work didn't work, leave me alone. That was my plan. Three days. Three days I was delivered of alcoholism. I kept trying to drink, but I couldn't. That thing had a hold of my life like you wouldn't believe, hold of my generations like you wouldn't believe. The destruction that that caused over all of my aunts and uncles and extended family. My sister's here today. She'll, she'll tell you, she knows everything I'm saying is true. But God made himself real to me. And I said, yes. 
greatest decision I've ever made. Listen, you don't have to live in a life that will destroy you anymore. You've got a chance today to say yes to a brand new start, a brand new life. You say yes, the journey begins. I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. You know I'm talking from my heart. You know I'm talking real here this morning. If that's you, just give me a wave. I'll pray for you. Say, yep, that's me. That's me. Say yes. Come on. Thank you, sir. Someone. There's others here. We know it. Thanks, man. Come on. So somebody else. Yep, up there. Thank you. Somebody else. Come on. Don't be embarrassed by this. This is, this is, this is going to change your life. Five years' time, you're going to... I don't know, probably send me brand new golf balls, thank you. But no, I don't know, maybe, maybe you won't. But you're going to be so thankful that you did this, that you said yes. Am I telling the truth? All of these people can't be wrong. And you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, no, I got this, I got this. I'll tell you right now, you don't. I say that with love, not with arrogance. You don't. Come on, there's more. Where are you? Say yes. Let me see it. If you haven't put your hand up, straight up now. Somebody else there? Over there, up the back there. Thank you. Come on, some more. Don't miss this, please. You may not get another chance like this. Okay, I'm going to pray for you now. Can I? Why don't we all stand, hey? Why don't we all stand? Can I have those guys to put their hand up? Can you come here? I just want to pray for you this morning. Come on down. Just give them a big round of applause. You know what? If you if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to say yes and want me to pray for you, come on down. Come on down. Just leave your seat. Come down now. It's fine. It's cool. Come on. And I'll pray for you quickly before I pray. Are you here? Amen. Hey, guys. Good decision. Good decision. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to get you to repeat this prayer after me. Is that okay? It's going to be short. And then, you know, um, if Nedra and Pastor Steve can go, and we just five minutes, get you a Bible, get you whatever you need, okay? And then you're back into service. So, all right, if you've got a handbag or something, Okay. All right? Because if we're doing the right thing, our handbag shouldn't be safe. Amen? If we're a church that reaches the people who need the most, our handbags shouldn't be safe. That's scary, isn't it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, why don't we all say it together, hey? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I accept him now. His sacrifice for my salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thanks, guys. Would you would you go that way with Pastor Steve? Amen. Five minutes and you're back in the service. Why don't you take your seats for just a moment? You know, uh, over the last month or more, we have been... taking up an offering for the persecuted church and we finished that last week and um, do you want to know how much? 
Remember we needed 30 grand, and 30 grand to buy that land so that we could build a facility that, um, you know, the, the persecuted pastors can come back and be restored. It'll be a residence as well for the pastors that, you know, that care for these, for these uh, persecuted um, guys on the front line. And um, we wanted 30 grand, but we got 53 and a half. Amen. Amen. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And we'll, um, we'll certainly make sure that that gets to where it needs to go and it'll all be designated uh, to, you know, um, what you've given it for. And so we're pretty excited about that. I know I haven't told them over there yet. They might be watching online, but, um, you know, we, we're, we're bigger than ourselves. Amen. And together we can make a huge difference. So thank you for that. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.